It's, it's important that we know how to study God's Word. It's important ways to improve our hearing, you know, and uh, how to memorize God's Word. But uh, we want to begin with uh, tonight uh, lesson number seven. We may go back and pick up a thought or two. But uh, how to have a quiet time with God. Quiet time with God. The importance of a daily quiet time. Uh, I hear the term mothers that have children I'm going to put you in time out. Time out is that child needs to get a, emotions together, I guess. I don't know. But uh, uh, when I was growing up, we found a little poplar switch always got our attitude right. And uh, But we were created to have fellowship with God. You know, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis, chapter 1. I want you to notice this verse. When we look at verse 27, and... Uh, You know, I've uh, I've used tissues and toilet paper and everything else, but thicker than these pages in these Bibles. But here in Genesis one twenty seven, it said, "So God created man in His own image; in the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them." wonder why he created him. God, in verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree is which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, and it shall be for me. So I believe that when you look at that verse and you get the get the thought that God has provided everything that we need. And we need we need to have a quiet time, a quiet time. We get up, we go to work, do what you do, you come in, according to how much daylight, how much you work, and send a winter you in front of the blue tube. Never any quiet time. Says words, says you and God. 
I think that's essential, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, I know uh, Callie is, is home and said, boy, I'll be glad his wedding's over so he's quit giving us little pieces. Some of the best things you and Luke can do is to read your Bible together. Read your Bible together. I'll keep doing that after you marry, so you don't have to worry about it. You know. But Jesus died to make the relationship possible. There would have been no relation. I would have no relationship with Jesus Christ if he hadn't died on the cross. Because a lost person does not seek a relationship with God. There are some good lost people. There are some good morally lost people. I'm not saying that. But I tell you, I did not want anybody telling me when I was lost to get up and start my day reading the Bible, end my day reading the Bible, or praying, or me and my wife, you know, (laughs) talking. Now things are so bad that when they get married, they talk about how we're going to pay this bill and how we're going to pay that bill and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do do that. Well, I can tell you how surely it will work out if you're getting married or already married, but God, it takes three to make a marriage. If your family is having problems, put God back in your family. That's how we do it. That's how it's done. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. God said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. Just a little fact. It's not talking about your heart's door in this particular verse. It's talking about the church. If the church wants Jesus back in the midst, want him to be the leadership, we got to pray to that end. We got to ask him, Lord, we still have a crowd. We meet our bills. We do this. We do that. But it's different. It's different. It's different because Jesus is not number one in many churches, in many homes. So how to have a quiet time with God, all I'm simply saying, you've got to figure out a way where you can spend some time with just you and God. Jesus died to make that relationship possible. Personal time along with God was Jesus' source of strength. I mean, he says that in many, many places, and we go to the book of Mark. We go to the book of Mark, and what do we see? Now notice, in Mark, chapter 1,
All right. If I can get these pages open. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. I heard Brother Ward say, who was the preacher of the First Baptist Church in Lexington for many years, he was a black man, loved him. Me and my son used to listen to him, follow him, took notes from him. He said, we ought to have a place in our house, a chair, a bed, a room, where that chair, if he could talk, said, here he comes again. Here he's coming again. Now, that was very applicable to me because when I lived in the parsonage, I would get up early and I could hear that chair in my office after Brother said that, that here he comes again. Here he comes again. You know, it ought to be just like we brush our teeth, like we take a bath. We need God every day of our life because when you think you don't need him, it's because your life is not what it ought to be. I don't mean you're out in open sin. You know, there's a lot of good moral people going to die and go to hell because they don't know Christ. Every person who has been a Effected in service for God, developed this habit. You, wrote, you can recall the stories of David, Abraham, Moses. Great men of God, great women of God talked to the Lord. Talked to the Lord. I mean, not everybody does it. Maybe nobody in this congregation does it. I still buy nothing, absolutely nothing that I don't pray about. I don't care what kind of sale Coles has. I don't care what kind of sale Walmart or Sears. I don't buy nothing unless I've talked to the father about it. Don't expect you to do what I do but I've done that for years. The sale does not determine whether I'm going to buy something. It's whether I feel that I can use that for the Lord. Every person has been affected in service for God developed this habit. You cannot be healthy. You cannot be a healthy, growing Christian unless you spend time with God. 
Our bodies, what? We've got a body, we've got a soul, we've got a spirit. You've got to eat right. You need donuts, you need sweets, and I like all that stuff. You know, I just like food, period. You know. But I've got to eat certain foods that are right if I want to my body to be healthy. Well, what does God tell us about that? You know, it's uh, you 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 cannot be a healthy, growing Christian unless you spend time with God. I ain't saying you can't be saved. Not that's that's between you and God. That's between me and God. But when we look at the word of God and we see in the book of Matthew, I believe it's uh, chapter 4 and verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I mean, that's a pretty plain verse, isn't it? I mean, you don't have to get a concordance, look up those words. You don't have to get a commentary. God is simply saying, man shall not live by bread alone. You may have a healthy body. You may feel great. But you may be spiritually starving to death. You may be spiritually dead. God made it clear. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Takes more. You know. I may not look it for my size, but man, I enjoy eating. You know, just put it in front of me. I'll eat it. We gotta make a, a, a time to read the Word of God. Me personally, y'all been around me long enough now to know. I believe meditation is one of the greatest things a Christian can do. God tells us. Man cannot live. You can cross-reference that with Job 23, 12. Psalms 119, verse 9. But we talk about a daily quiet time. What is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of selecting a specific time when you're alert and in tune? can't think of a better time than in the morning. But I'm not a morning person. Well, you may not be. So if morning is not good for you, sometime during that day ought to be good for you. And God says very clearly that, that we need to give devotion to the Lord. I mean, that's, that's what the 
quiet time is. That's a time where it's just me and God to the best of my ability. You know, and I've told you about it when I was over here in the parsons and we had a telephone in the office, I had my cell phone, I had a pager. I mean, you know, anybody wanna get seemed like there's fourteen different ways you could find me. And when we start praying, every one of us go off. You know, everything happens when you that's why you gotta have a quiet time. You know, and if you're up when I'm up, you know, even the dogs over on the lake at five o'clock, they're silent. And I'm not telling you to get up at five o'clock. I'm just saying set aside a time every day. What happens if you go a day or two days or three days without eating physical? That same thing is going to affect you if you go two or three, four or five days without talking to the Father. God tells us to get direction from God. What does God want me to do? You know, we are in a, a time where, you know, everything is, we don't know, or I don't know where our government at. I don't, I don't know. You know, you you go to a uh, to a doctor, and they, you know, want to see my heart doctor. You come to the waiting room, you know, emergency room, and we'll see you. And we, man, I'm not having a heart attack. I'm not going to no emergency room and sit there for eight hours so you can charge me before, and then tell me. You look all right. That's the day in which we live in. But we get direction from the Lord. And Psalms 25 verse 4, look what the psalmist said. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy path. Have you ever asked him? Have you ever asked God, God, show me what to do? I'm about to trade vehicles. I'm about to buy a refrigerator. I'm about to do it. Whatever you're going to do, God said what? The psalmist says, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. This is a how-to book. This Bible is a how-to book. It'll tell you how you should, should live. It'll tell you what should be your priorities. No, you don't have to do those things. If you've been born again, been blood washed, you know. You die and go to heaven, but despite what all my whatever they are, you won't be in the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is going to be made up of his faithful. 
Cain delighted in God. Some don't delight in God. Psalms 37, verse 4, the psalmist said, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now notice. Notice what he said. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Because, see, I tell you what's happened. When you get real close to God, your want list slims down. Amen? Add, add want list slims down. To grow daily like God. We. Tell our kids that. I, I remember Anthony was the firstborn, you know, and I'd feed him. For, now, you've got to eat your beets. You want to grow up and be a big boy, don't you? You know. We do that. It's normal because we're trying to encourage our children to eat right. God is trying to encourage us, except he doesn't try. If you don't spend him some time, he'll put you on your back so you have plenty of time. I don't believe that. I can't make you believe that. Only the Spirit of God can make you believe that. But all you've got to do is read the Bible. God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't respect me anymore than he does Gene. He doesn't respect me for what I do. God has given me the ability. He expects me to do it. And I tell you, God will not take that old excuse that preachers get and mom and dads get. I don't know how. Have you ever wondered when you raised your kids, how, how did you get out of bed? Because they didn't know how to do nothing. That's the way... Christians are. I don't know how to do that. Are you willing to learn it? Well, I no. We need to realize that God saved us on purpose and for a purpose. Notice Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. As we look at the first chapter of Second Peter, verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life, godliness, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. What did James say? We have not because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask amiss. Somebody told us to pray, so we said, Lord, you know. My neighbor asked me this this, this morning. He said, your wife is telling me about your little dog. You're going to have surgery tomorrow. Are you praying for him? Your pup? I said, absolutely. I've already thanked God for what he's going to do. Wait a minute. He hasn't done it yet. 
he know what I'm going to do a year from now if I'm living. See, God tells us in verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceedingly, exceedingly great and precious promises. Read with me now. By these, what? By these promises, ye might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God gives us promises. Now, God would not lie, would he? He's not capable of, of lying. So, he says, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these great and precious promises, that ye might be partakers of your divine nature, that you'll know how to take care of your body, yourself, your mind, your brain. I mean, I don't need a, a rating on a show to know whether I ought to watch it or not when the advertisement comes on and somebody's half naked or somebody's taking the Lord's name in vain. But, but what? Well, everybody's doing it. I don't. I don't curse. Not going to be around anybody that does, and I'm certainly not going to have a blue tube sitting in front of me with them cursing one word after another and watching. Now, that's yours of yours. But I know what God's great and precious promises said. Now, how do you begin a quiet time? Select a specific time when. You're alert and in tune. Morning may not be good for you. When I wake up, I'm awake. There's a problem to that. Because if I wake up at 4 o'clock, they don't need me going back to bed. I can't go back to sleep. So what am I going to do at 4 o'clock? Now, I'm not saying I wake up every morning at four. I'm not saying that. But there ain't a half a dozen days in the year where I sleep past five. Haven't had an alarm clock. I don't remember us ever having an alarm clock. Well, God has an alarm clock. He to know if to do good and do it not to him is sin, and when we sin, God gets our attention. So we got to we got to select a specific time when you're alert and in tune. So you know if you're asleep longer, that's fine. But sometime during that day, you ought to have a few minutes. You're going to talk to the Father. Choose a 
specific place. Gather the resources you're going to need. Begin with the right attitude. You know, you ask the average person, have you read the book of Revelation? Before that, they'll say, I'm I'm not sure I agree with your interpretation. That's all right. Now, have you read the book of Revelation? They'll always say, oh, no, I, I I wouldn't even touch that. Why? Same God that wrote that wrote Genesis. First John, second, third John. But see, we have a mental block. I can't understand. If you're saved, you can. When you're lost, you couldn't. But every saved person, you may not be able to read. I started doing something that I really, I just enjoy it. I read the book of Psalm, uh, Proverbs every day, but I also got this little gadget that Brother Sutherland bought me that I can punch in Proverbs and it'll begin at verse 1 and chapter 1 or verse 2 chapter 1. And so whatever I'm reading, I hear him read it to me and I'm reading it. And... Uh, the only conclusion I came to, me or him, one pronounced, mispronounced a lot of words. <laughs> you know, but one of us do. And I know who it is. But that will help you. It really will. We begin with the right attitude, reverence, expectant, willingness. See, I really believe that most of us get what we expect. I didn't. I'll, I'll read the book of Revelation, preacher, if you if you think it'll help me, but I won't, I can't understand it. Then don't read it. As long as you got that attitude, don't read it. You'll understand something. Second time, you'll understand something else. What did God say? Here, precept upon precept. Word upon word. Be consistent. Be consistent. Follow a simple plan. Be quiet. Relax. Plan. Be quiet, relax, one minute. Read a small section, maybe four minutes. Reflect or meditate on what you read in those four minutes. Write something that applies to you from what you read. Thank God, praise him, ask for your request. It's not wrong to ask God for something you need. He's the father, you're the child. You know, I had three kids. 
one of them would ask for anything and everything, whether they need it or not. One that wouldn't ask for anything. The other you just ignored because he, you know, he just wanted something because sissy got something. But God loves us. God, I'll give you a prime example. If Sister Jean doesn't care, I'll ask her later. She's going to the, to the doctor. Why not every one of us, before we go to bed tonight, ask God to prepare that doctor when he looks at her hand? Because if he's able to do anything to help it, the doctor can't heal. But the Lord can. As we begin here on class eight, Talking with God, how to revitalize your prayer life. Approach prayer with the right attitude. Be real. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress God. I think I told you there was two twins that went to a church. And I used to go out to Long John Silver's when they was on Broadway sometime for lunch. And those two brothers had brought in a man they was witnessing to, and, and uh, they started praying when I took my order. They brought my order, I ate my food, and they were still praying. So what's wrong with that? Nothing if that's what the Lord led, but... I don't think God wants me to go into Cracker Barrel and order supper and pray until there's ice on my meal. You know. We're not praying to impress people. We're talking to the Father. No, I didn't say anything to him. I haven't I didn't talk to him. I you know, but prayer is between me and God. Approach the prayer with the right attitude. Be real. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to impress God. God already knows what you are. <laughs> you know, I, and you know, maybe nobody does, but it seems like to me that, you know, that people want to try to impress the Lord. You can't do it. We're going to close out, out, out here, but... We, we approach with the right attitude. Don't try to impress God. Notice Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. It said, And when thy prayest, thy shall not be as a hypocrite. Now, see, I wouldn't call those guys that. But is that not what God's saying here? 
And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, and they may be seen of men. Thirdly, I say unto you, they have their reward. Every time my wife and I goes out to eat or I go to eat with anybody, somebody's going to pray. But I don't try to pray loud enough that everybody in Cracker Barrel can hear me. That prayer is between me and God and the food that they have. You can pray silent. I don't, I mean, it's not you, but I mean, it's, it's very important. Anything that we do for the Lord for the show of people, God said, that's what hypocrites do. By revealing, we go on to verse 7 and 8. He said, but when we pray, use not vain reputations as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. You're not informing God. When I ask God to be with my pup tomorrow, I would... He already knows about that. I'm not informing him. When I asked, or Sister Brenda asked me to remember a family member, do you think that we're informing God of that? God already knew she had cancer before she went to the doctor. So we don't pray to so he can brag on us. We don't pray so that, you know, so we can impress people. We pray if we pray because we know that only God can answer prayer. And believe me, he answers prayer. Use the model that Jesus gave to us. This is how you should pray, not what you should pray. And when you read Matthew 6, 9 through 15. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, so forth and so This is how we pray. You know, we use that model that Jesus gave to us. Notice, this is how we should pray, not what we should pray. Prayer is a blessing that a child of God can do, and I believe it's one of the most neglected privileges that we have. It's a privilege to be able to pray because let me tell you, I've been a pastor for 50-some years. There's been days I couldn't pray. It's a shame on you. I'm, I, may, I may be a lot of things, but I'm honest. But God knew it. And God didn't want me going through a form. I had to get myself right. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day.